In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
you know, go, oh, well, you know, they're not harsh enough on the bikes and they, you know, that sort of thing. But sometimes you just want to, you know, what's this bike about? What's it about? That sort of thing. And he nails that really well. And it's a nice way to spend 10 minutes of your day. Yep. Totally agree. Um, you get just, like I said, you get just the right amount of info from them. I will say this though. I'm sorry, Dave. Sorry, Dave. But your sneakers, can you go and buy some new fucking sneakers? I don't know what you're doing with those things. You're just trudging around English country lanes up and down with horse shit, but it's time. You're over 100,000 subscribers. Please go out and get some new sneakers. I never noticed. You never noticed. Never noticed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You were going to say it was like fast food. He's like fast food. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's that's, it was now. That was the analogy I used, isn't it? It's like it's like drive-through. It's like drive-through fast food. You know, you know exactly what you're gonna get. You can you can click on it. You can get it any time of day or night you want. You know exactly what it is. I mean, he could release a video tomorrow about the the Cannondale Lab Seventy One, and I could pretty much tell you the script for the video. That's totally cool. I'm totally on board with it. I just want that information, and I want the nice shots of the of the bike and. I'm more than happy, more than happy. Mm. I'm glad he's existing. You watch his video and you go, this doesn't look that hard to do. Pretty simple with nice shots of the bike. And then you like, so on one hand, you're like kind of jealous because you're like, like I've got, like you went back and watched some of your reviews. I think mean, you were saying like, wow, mine are like nowhere near as good as this, but that's the art of it, isn't it? Getting the, getting it to look simple, but actually be really hard to pull off. Yeah. I think it's, it's, the way he manages to sort of give you the information without it feeling like he's just reading a spec sheet because mm. that's what I find. Like anytime I would do a review and I got into what I thought was specs chat, I just got bored and I and, and my narrative would then go off on some bizarre like kind of trip that no one actually really cares about. Chris cared about it at the time but it's not really relevant to 99% of people and I think – Dave just manages to keep it like on track the whole time. Mm. So it's a little bit like the way Marquez Brownlee does a, a smartphone review and you think, oh, man, that was that looks easy. Mm. But then you kind of try and do a smartphone review. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no chance. Yeah. So speaking of UK YouTubers, and Dave Arthur's great, but there's ones that just, we'll be honest, there's ones that just blow, sort of blow our minds. In terms of it's 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 an envy potential. Oh, it's, it's jealousy. It's, it's an anger. Yep. Chris Chris Oppie does these videos, and there's almost no editing. It's not entertaining. The chat's not that good, and they're still cracking twenty thirty thousand views. And I just look at that and I'm dumbfounded. How that how the you and they rec- get recommended to me. So the video, the most recent video was him talking about the the state of racing in the UK. UK scene, which is basically it was three minutes of a bit of B-roll and different stuff and then like a 15-minute monologue and it's on like 30,000 views. And then the other one he did that, that came up, you sent to me, was a couple of weeks ago, it was a race review of him just sitting in the back of his car talking to the camera. Like objectively not a good video and it got like 30,000 views. Whereas I think part of it is if like if you uploaded that channel, it'd get 6,000 views and just end it. But is that because he's in the UK? The UK audience love it. Like I don't get – and then it's not fake views either. They get good likes. Yep. There's good amount of comments. Here's an argument and I've been thinking about oh, – I've been thinking a lot about this, all right? Maybe he's more – he comes across more genuine than if I sat down and did that. Maybe there's something in the way he presents it that we don't get. Maybe we're too cynical. Like okay. we're too blown out by whatever it is. <laughs> 
but he is it's, it's and like you said they're genuine views it's not like this isn't crap mm. and so maybe it is there's an authenticity to him that you know I just don't have you just don't have that people resonate with and they resonate with it really quickly in his videos even though it's like what we would regard as the content of what he's talking about and where he's doing it and how he's doing it isn't particularly good his personality or something comes through and and that's what's what's doing it like maybe maybe he's just got charisma that we don't have maybe he does like, maybe it's not just the production value the topics not entertaining maybe you're probably right there must be something about him that people are people must sort of resonate with him you know yeah. i do want to quickly mention so uh, Harry Sweeney is an Australian pro. He has now a YouTube channel as well, mm-hmm. um, which is always good. Cool to see. I I was kind of impressed. Got someone down there with him doing a training camp who can fly a drone and mm-hmm. is willing to go along in his rides and shoot him and all the stuff that he talks about and that kind of thing. So I saw a rumour that it's a NorCal's editor, Ethan, that's that also edits Harry Sweeney's vlogs. Inside baseball gossip for you. I think Ooh, I like that's that. potentially. I think that's that's true. So that's where the edit's getting done. Apparently, I wouldn't surprise me. Like none of the pros edit their own stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, nor would I particularly expect them to. Maybe, but yeah, like I, I, I didn't mind it. I mean, you, you're seeing a few of the guys doing it now. I mean, Daryl Impey's added himself to the to the equation of of pros doing it. Um, I don't know. Like I still. As far as actually what they talk about in the videos, it seems like a more his channel is more stuff I think you would watch. Like as it's kind of funny because as much as I can say the production value of a Chris Oppie video sucks, good production value doesn't necessarily make a good video. No. And I'm going to when I watch a Harry Sweeney video, I've got the finger on the arrows. Anytime there's cinematic B-roll, skip 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 skip, I don't care. I'm not watching a Harry Sweeney vlog to get nice B-roll. So as far as I'm concerned, it just depends on what the channel is. I mean, he could strip all that out. I just want the like the bits where he's talking about what he's eating and the nutrition app he's using and the training he's doing, and that's kind of what someone's watching a pro for. Whereas someone else, you know, you kind of need like a vegan cyclist vlog. You need the the cinematic shots, sort of thing. So I don't know. I, I feel like he's getting good views, so I won't say too much. Yeah, she's no, doing well. fair, fair play to him. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, guys, what are you guys seeing on YouTube at the moment? Have we picked out the best things and the worst things? Let us know down below. Okay, let's talk bikes. So I am thinking of selling my Factor Ostrovan. <gasps> I need a sound effect in there, don't yes. I? Um, okay, let me let me explain, all right? So bought the bike six, seven months ago on the back of riding all the, the Devels, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And the reason I'm thinking of selling this is, and this is not relevant to most people, it's just me sharing my story, blah, blah, blah. The reason I'm thinking of selling this is I feel like I've turned into this like quasi-ambassador for, for Factor. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I'm not getting anything for it, but I don't feel like there's any sort of – there's no future in it. And I know there's no future in it because I've reached out to Factor and they're like, no, no, we're cool, we've, we've got all we need, blah, blah, blah. And when I say like quasi-ambassador, so on any given week I will get half a dozen, dozen Instagram DMs like, what's the Factor like, what's the Factor like, blah, blah, blah. And I answer most of them, all of them if I can, relatively positively most of the time I imagine. In fact, some of the neg- – People asking me are like, oh, I heard it's like kind of shit. What do you think? And I'll mostly tell them, no, it's kind of good. And the tipping point for me was this week actually when like Grant GC Performance put that video up about the factor and he's like, oh, Chris Froome and Chris Miller ride this bike. <laughs> and I was like, shit, all right. Oh, wow. 
Chris Froome, multi-million dollar ambassador contract, and Chris Miller went and bought the bloody thing and in fact are uninterested in him. Yeah. So here's the thing. I I reached out to a few people and I was like, and even people who were sort of a little bit involved in, in Factor, and they're like, what should I do? Like, And they're like, oh, maybe you should make another video about the bike. I'm like, okay, like what do you mean? Like, oh, and make another review. It's like, so make an ad. Even if you look at that from a business sense, that you're like, well, why would I do something for free mm-hmm. and then ask for something afterwards because they've already got the thing they wanted, mm. do you know? Yeah. It's not like if Factor came to me and said, oh, we'll, we'll give you lots of new bikes and now you make a review about it, I can, I'm happy, I can do that. I can sit down in front of everyone, do a bike review and say, Factor gave me this bike and here's my review of it. Mm. I, feel, I feel comfortable doing that. So you want to sell the bike out of spite? Pretty much yeah, because you're sick of it. And I think, I, I think you're, I'd love to just push back on you, but I, I, underst- I can understand. You're like, fuck this. I'm like giving these recommendations to all these people for this bike. They don't want to come and play ball and that's annoying you. And I think fair enough to want to get rid of that. But I would say, I mean, what, what's the solution here? If you go out and buy another bike, you go out and buy a Canyon, you're then going to be answering people's canyon. What do you, people's questions? What do you think of the Canyon Air Road? And then you're going to be like, "Well, fuck you, Canyon. Why don't you, you know, like, how is it ever going to end? Unless you go and buy. Okay, my solution here, my suggestion would be buy a bike, either a new bike or a secondhand bike that you like that you think performs really well. Vinyl wrap it. Go, go. Screw all the brands. Vinyl wrap it all in black, and put a Nero Show logo on the side of the thing. Is that doable? Yeah. I think it would be. I, I think like it would be. Idea. So um, there's that bunny hop cycling. Do the wraps. I reckon you just wrap it. Get the fra- get the bike that you want the most, and, and you wrap it. But then, so what would you get? So what what, what what's uh, what's taking your interest? Okay, so not quite a snob yet because I do still. I feel like I'm not a snob because I ride my bike a lot and I train a lot and I race a bit. So I kind of feel like I'm not a snob, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely a frother, and I'm on the, I'm a frother because I've come from riding basically an Asian no-name brand for three or four years and I don't want to go back to it, mate. I don't. I'm done. I want the warm embrace, the warm, cuddly embrace of a generically massive conglomerate (laughs) brand that's going to hug me and give me and wrap me up at night and sing me songs. I want that. So where 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 do I go? I I don't I don't actually know the answer. I do th- <laughs> I hate that I'm saying this, but I do think there's probably performance differences. Like I know you totally disagree with me, but I've drunk enough Kool-Aid now yeah, that I, I do feel that I'm Well, so here's the thing, right? I think it's kind of a sad because I said to you, like, why, why don't you just buy something secondhand, you know, or buy something more on the value side of things? Because every friggin' man is dog influencer, cycling influencer, gets supported by a brand and is, I hate the term, is then a sellout, if you want to call it that, and is then advertising a bloody $15,000 bike. Dime a dozen. We don't need more of those. We need more people on racing at the good level, performing well on a $6,000 bike, on a $5,000 bike. When you post a story on Instagram, what bike are you on? Or what is the person at the local crit see you on? It's not just about like getting the the mid-level bike because you just can do it for a video and then you're like, oh, fuck, I don't want to ride this. But I can't. Like it's, it's actually you are choosing to ride the value option because it is just as good as the top level. Now, you're obviously just not flat out not interested in doing that. But that's kind of what I would think would be cool for you to do. Go the value route because everyone, everyone's on an expensive bike. How many people out there 
Name one good cycling influencer that's not on a top bike. I realise I am a walking con- contradiction, Jesse, <laughs> because it was only weeks ago that I was sitting in front of you talking about the the value and the performances of a titanium bike and how it was very comparable to the flagship carbon bike that I was riding. And again, I reached out to Mosaic. Um, that was a bike that I was borrowing from a bike shop here in Sydney. And I reached out to Mosaic and they were like, no, nah, not interested, which was this one actually really hurt me because it didn't hurt me, but like I walked into that bike shop to give the mosaic back and there's a guy in there, literally in there going, oh, I'm just finishing the, the paint scheme for the mosaic that I bought after watching your video. <laughs> I'm like, right, cool. Okay. okay, not to big up you, but I think the audience will agree. I think it's very strange. Like you must be doing something wrong with how you're contacting these brands because the fact that you can't find a bike brand to give you a bike just to ride. Yeah, I hear you. And maybe I am crap. You've also got to think like, what are we doing right now? We're having a chat that, well, no one else on YouTube is having this chat and they're probably not having it for a very good reason. Like a brand would look at this and go like, shit, these guys are loose cannons. Like what are they going to talk about next? I don't want to get involved in that. So I don't know, whilst both of us think this is important chat, it's interesting chat that no one else is having it. So therefore it's interesting, but maybe it's kind of detrimental in the cycling industry for us in the long run. You would be creating enough value to justify that. And this is not some weird beg to get a bike like fuck that, but like genuinely like... Do you think a lot of it just comes back to where we live? Like, and we've said this in the past, like because because we're in Australia, you don't, you don't deal with people at kind of global levels. You're basically dealing with Australian levels and people at Australian levels don't have marketing budgets. They get told that by whoever the global people are. And you can see that as well. Like when GC Performance mentioned you, that you ride the factor, it's probably because he assumed you, I'm guessing he assumed you had some sort of, there's some sort of relationship there. There's not, you just bought the bike. Not to change the subject completely, but I mean, I, I appreciate that. And I do want your comments on that. Mostly just shut up, Chris, and deal with it. But how long, like, I know you're sort of in that sort of same place at the moment, but like, what is what is a time frame for a bike? What do you think a time frame for a bike is? It's hard. It's hard, isn't it? Because it does come into the price. If you're buying a bike, and then two years later you get in the itch and you want to upgrade, geez, that fifteen thousand dollar bike really does look expensive when you then got to sell it for five in the second hand market. I I think three years. So when I'm if I'm looking at a new bike, I'm kind of looking in that price, going, well, I'm probably going to want to buy a new one in three years. I would say. I'm not sure if that sounds like a long time or a short time, but to be honest, like if you, you've been on a bike for three years and the new, you know, the 2026 models come out, you're going to be looking at those going, like, I really want one. So for me, it's three. What about yourself? It's really murky now because the days of what I would have always said to people, which is like you get a frame and that might the frame might be the, the frame that you have for five, six years and you – Maybe you upgrade the componentry throughout that to give you that new bike feeling. I feel like we're actually moving away from that and we're now moving more and more to bike package, ride the bike package and new bike package, new bike package. We're just Mm. going more down to that sort of, that sort of route. So I think we're in real flux of that at the moment because I normally would have said frame for five, six years, componentry, maybe two, three years, and that will give you the new feeling. That's a good point. That's because nothing fits. I nothing mean, if you're, fits. you're on a, you can't just change the seat post. Bars and stems. Bars, the, bars and stems. <laughs> what are you going to do? Most, most of the brands now are doing in-house wheels that are designed to go with that particular mm. sort of setup. Even cranks. 
And cranks now are sort of basically coming with that type of thing. So, mm. yeah, I, I think we're it's a really, really awkward place, definitely. So in terms of the performance then of these new bikes, just to carry this on a bit further, because I've put my money where my mouth is. I actually bought a new secondhand frame. I bought a, a secondhand giant TCR advanced SL frame, which I will be building up. Now, I said this to you when we were talking about, because you were also looking at a new bike. And you were like, well, there's, there's no way I could ride I could ride that. Like I'd get dropped on a Tuesday night Heffron if I was on that. And I can't tell who's out of touch here. So am I out of touch? Because I genuinely still think same wheels. If you're on the 60 mil wheels, you're still running integrated aero bars. The act, just the frame. I genuinely don't think you would notice the aerodynamic difference between a 2018 Giant TCR and your Factor Ostro, given the same other components, right? But you are convinced that you are losing what's... Especially at Heffron, you're turning a corner every 30 seconds, you're rolling turns, the wind's going every which direction. I, I honestly don't think you would notice it. You are you, convinced... It, you you rode your 30 mil wheels at Heffron a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. What did you say to me? Oh, they're crap. Yeah, you de- you notice the aerodynamic difference in, th- in yeah in thirty mil wheels when I'm using on fifty fives. I, I I agree, and I've got a set of eighty mil wheels coming actually. So I'm not saying aerodynamics doesn't exist. I'm just saying all the other bits being equal, does the frame set make a difference? What is a bike? No, well, so I mean, <laughs> you know how crap you felt that day. Yep, that's how I feel every single time I go to that course. <laughs> You, you almost came a little bit down to my wattage, right? So when you're down there, you are, you're in this, and maybe it's in your head, but you are totally in this space of like, I can't put a fucking bike camera on my bike because I'm out the back door. Like, and yep. that's, that is, yep. I'm sorry, like, no, that's no, where I, I'm at. No, no, well, well, I, I agree. So the, the scenario was, it was going down the straight at Heffron, cross tailwind, you know, at 50k an hour in the wheel, in the draft, just and like with the 30 mil wheels on i could notice like this sucks like i'm literally this is the hardest i've ever fought to hold the shoe down straight versus having the 55 so i i I understand i get it i still i just don't know if the frame the frame is making the difference there and okay in the time trial different story in a wind tunnel different story I just I feel like you're really down the Kool Aid and like uh, I couldn't couldn't ride a TC. I'd get dropped, Jesse. I'd get dropped, <laughs> and I, I don't see it. But I so, someone's wrong here. Yeah. Someone's right and someone's wrong. And yeah. I honestly, for the life of me, don't know if I'm right or wrong. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's I think we can both sort of disagree with each other in that in that space. Um, and you'll know potentially pretty soon. Like get that TCR built up. What are you going to build it up with? Well, I'm just taking the parts off my current bike. Putting them on, so it'll just be on Tegra Die Two. I'll have the Vision 5D bars, and I do have a set of 80 mils coming, which I'll run. And I think that will be just as that's in my head. I honestly think that TCR with the 80s will be just as fast as a Scott, just as fast as a Scott Foil on a Tuesday Heffron. You know, in that conditions where yep. it's not a time trial. Yeah. That's what I think. I could be wrong. If someone's managed to somehow test that and tell me I'm wrong, go ahead. All right. Let us know down below, guys, who's who's right, who's wrong. Should Chris Selly's factor offers down below? Uh, it's just one big – this is one big secondhand bike sales pitch, isn't it? Uh, it's all a rouse. It's this all a rouse. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Let us know down below.
Yeah, small bit of pro cycling chat. Um, E3 was it? Yeah, E3 was the the three up, the, the three main boys in there, Wout, uh, Vanderpoel and Poggy. You didn't watch any of it. I did. I just like I'm, I'm like, where is this going? Because I've got no insight to give on <laughs> it. So yeah, let's let's roll. Major froth, major froth on that event. Everyone really enjoyed the fact that look, we're super lucky to have a Tour de France rider in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can I just put a a big bit of pressure? I think we all need to put pressure on Remco to join that to join that three way party and get him into that four. If we can get a four way. With those boys, mm. that that is generational yes. classic season, as yep. far as I'm concerned. Like quick step are irrelevant in this this entire spring classic season unless Remco gets involved. I mean, imagine Remco in that four. Oh, I could totally get around that. So mm-hmm. Remco, get off your Giro program. Get you on a spring classics program. You don't program. need altitude. Get out the back of Belgium. That's in toughing there. you up. Yep. You don't need this altitude hotel crap. Yep, I'm on board. Get the get the four-way boys rocking around. I'll, I'll watch. I'll yep. be very, very entertaining. And I, I do come back to the thing, like if, okay, here's one for you. If Poggy wins Flanders, yep. Poggy wins Flanders, greatest rider of all time, and it's also, it's a bigger deal than him winning multiple Grand Tours and Tours. Like to have a guy being competitive in that event and have won multiple Grand Tours, I just, it blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Like this this is, this is, the fact that he's even trying to do it mm. for me is just, can we all just keep supporting him? Because I just, I'm really worried that he's going to listen to you and he's gonna hear you go. Oh no, he needs to be leaning up and and prepare. Poggy, I don't <laughs> care how you do at the tour this year. It's your classic season for me is make or break. I love it, and most of us all do. Promise, I promise. So don't listen to Jesse Coyle. Keep keep riding spring classics. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's my that's, that's my it. pro cycling chat. Yeah, very, well, very good. Okay, I appreciate those takes. Thank you. No worries. Pop quiz, what's the most watched piece of road cycling content in the world? Someone riding into a bin chicken. <laughs> not just yet. <laughs> not just yet. Give no, it another month. I don't know. It's not the Tour de France. It's not uh, Francis Cade. It's not GCN. It's this guy, Mackenzie William. Haven't heard of him. I'm sure people watching this video have seen. It's this sort of wellness influencer, but he rides on Zwift and he makes these Instagram reels, these TikToks, these YouTube shorts of him basically just setting up and riding on his trainer. It's like if Patrick Bateman decided to get into Zwift, it's him. And like the views he gets on these things. If you go on YouTube and you search cycling and you sort by view count, there's a few, um, you know, those like free ride mountain bikey videos. They're sort of at the top. The first road cycling one is him. Awesome indoor cycling setup, ASMR, 50 million views. It's basically him rolling out his mat. It's like the ASMR clicky sounds. He's, I think he's sponsored by Zwift as well. They've gotten on board. And, yeah, like pretty crazy that the piece of road cycling that's reaching a wider audience is... What am I watching? <laughs> what just, what's this happening? It's like when you show your dad a TikTok. Look at him. Chris is like, what? Why am I still watching this? Get off it. <laughs> 50 million views. Oh, my God. It's Yeah, crazy views. Like, yeah, okay. 
chapeau YouTube algorithm. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> well done. What percent of the audience do you reckon shaves their legs? Uh, YouTube analytics don't actually give me that, oh, which is a bit okay. disappointing. Uh, I'd say 74%. Wow. Yeah. Mm. I'd put it around there. Mm. Yeah. Three quarters. Primoz isn't one of them. No. Mm. So how far out from a race would you, do you shave your legs? This is what I'm dealing with here. Oh. Can't answer, mate. Can't answer? Can't answer. Can't Te- answer. I, 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 I zapped them. I zapped it You've off. You've been zapped. I've been zapped, yeah. So uh, look, back back in the day, I would have been, I, well, if it was an early morning race, then it would have been the day before. But if it's if it's the day, if it's, you know, you're, you've got a, a shower in you in the morning, then I would have gone that wow, day. Wow, that close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Because yeah. it's like I get the thing where you shave the legs and then for the one or two days after, you get the itchiness, mm. you know, like shave your legs. The next day you're riding out and you're like, oh, God, it's really itchy. So I, I, I think I'm thinking three days out. So today's Wednesday. So I'll probably shave, probably shave today. And we got our event on Saturday. So give it two, two days, two, three days to, to come through again. Just and then you get a nice, a nice uh, clean look without the itch, I would say. So you're, you're a slightly hairier member of the community. So I, I, I just, yeah, can't grow beards, don't really grow hair. So it's, <laughs> in fact, I was probably the last person who actually needed to laser. <laughs> but to laser like, off. I'm not going to sit here and preach it again, but it's like such a, it's just, I don't, you put that in the show notes. I'm like, who cares? Like no one, I'm like, oh, actually no, most people do that. I just don't even think about it. Never mm. even think about it. And it's so not, everyone's like, oh my God. You've got no hair for the rest of your life. It is. Well, what are you going to do, right? You turn 60, you're rocking around, you're Tommy Bahama. Couple of years. You're um, out, out, out plowing the fields down at the farm and your hairless, shiny legs. What are you going to do then? Just hairless, shiny legs. My, just rock it? My daughters have only ever known me have hairless legs, so they'll never question us. Um, no, I don't know. It's just, right. just tapping away out there. I will say, if anyone is planning on doing it, it really does hurt. So... Be prepared for that. And the other thing is it actually matters who does it for you. So Ooh. you can get like it's there's no it's like any sort of cosmetic surgery thing, basically. Any Joe Schmo can do it. And they just get this laser and they're zapping away. So there there are good, like skilled people at doing it and just crash and bash people. Mm-hmm. So I luckily had a relatively good person doing it. But yeah, be be a little bit aware. Check check your Google uh you Google reviews yeah. before doing it. Find the right beautician technician. Do you shave then during winter? Like, how do you, what do you do now? Oh yeah, year round. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. hate that 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 look when it grows through again. Ugh, yuck! It's just like, yeah, you got to yeah, clean shaving. Well, you know, you. maybe maybe you're an advertisement for it. So you mentioned we've got this event coming up uh, this weekend. Now we've had a look at the weather forecast for it. It's going to start at eight a.m. and you'll probably be four or five hours, something like that, mm-hmm. event. Um, sort of an alpine area. So we're talking about a 6 degrees to 16 degree range for a Fondo. Mm. Now, what are you thinking in terms of your gear that you're going to wear, your kit? How are you going to play this? There's no team car in this operation. Self-sufficient, but taking everything into account Talk me through your thoughts. I hate being cold, so I always tend to overdress. The thing, the bit I'm stuck on is do you go arm warmers gilet or just go base layer and then just winter jacket over the top and just pray that you don't overheat in the last hour because the winter jacket is nice, is the nicest feeling, especially on the start when you're rolling out 
does keep the chill off, but potential overheat. That's what I wore at Barrel. Just the winter jacket at the end, it just had it unzipped flapping around, which isn't very aero. So that's a downside, but that's probably, if I could, I'll check the temperatures, you know, before we leave, but that's the, that's my ideal base layer, winter jacket, and then just uh, knee warmers. I think there's another aspect you need to think about here. Okay. So everyone's got their favorite kits, their favorite jersey, their favorite bibs. Like I want to run, I really want to run the neuro coaching kit. I want to rep it. Like I want it, I want it on display. I like people seeing it. They people, people see me in it. We can talk because they might know us, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't want to wrap that up. I don't want to wrap that up in something that people don't know. And then there's less kind of less bantery sort of stuff happening. So that's playing in the back of my mind. And I reckon everyone has that because they'll have like, okay, it's not there. They don't want to be seen from YouTube, but they might have their favorite club kit, their, their favorite jersey or whatever it is. And it's like you kind of feel like you wanna you wanna wear that almost no matter what. So I'm I'm leaning towards as much as possible, trying to just rep the kit and and sucking it up a bit. That's where you get into trouble because you end up underdressing. He's like, well, I don't want to cover this lovely jersey I've got on, and then you <laughs> Freezing for the first three hours. Risky move. Risky move. Risky move, yeah. which I think I can potentially overcome with a good, solid, smart base layer selection. That's mm. that's my hope here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll see. L- like you, I do have that nice winter jacket that I would I would run. Um, yeah, and the way this because it's essentially a fondo that's kind of chilled for potentially two hours. Mm-hmm. You could just be noodling for like an hour and a half, two hours. Yes, so, high chance of noodling. Yeah, yes. yeah, okay. Anyway, um, let us know your thoughts, guys. Six to sort of 14 degree, four or five hour event, potentially a couple of bit of drops of rain. You know, the problem is anytime you bring up clothing for temp- people like six to six, that's summer. Jer- Jersey and bibs. Jersey and nicks. <laughs> oh, don't be a pussy. That's Jersey and nicks. Like, oh, people, oh, it's just infuriating. It's like, no, that is cold. You're not... A hard ass because you don't dress properly. Like this will probably be in the back end of the video, so we can get a bit more personal now, can't we? Uh, getting guests on the show, we're kind of at a loss here because when you get a guest on, you got to do it virtual. Because you know, how many people are there living in Sydney, Australia that can come on? Not many. So you got to do it virtual, which you hear like big podcasters talk about all the time. It's like I do not do virtual shows. You have to come into the studio, and I can kind of see why now. It's really hard to get to get it to flow well and get the chat well. For those that aren't aware, like when we recorded with Vegan uh, when he came on, like those recordings are about two hours long and then to cut them up into a show length, yeah, to make it 45, 50 minutes is just it's a lot of work and then it doesn't flow that well because you're cutting it up. But it's just the nature of doing it online. So what if, I mean, what do, what, do, what do we reckon? Us two just bantering along or do we need the guests to come on? Does that add, is that adding, is that adding anything that's worth the, the the fact that it is then online. Um, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like there are some topics that we can talk about that will benefit from there being a third voice. Definitely, uh, I think I think we need to maybe be more specific. Not that I, I thought the the chats with vegan was super cool. We'll definitely get him back on again, but I feel like we can do less of this just random chat and be more specific about what we talk about that's that's right in the wheelhouse of the person who's there and we can kind of value their opinion more. And I know this isn't necessarily the way you like the show to play out, but it's always going to feel more like an interview 
mm. when you have when you're just doing even if we just did this virtually, it's going to feel more like an interview because you can't you can't start talking over each other. You yeah, wait. I can't do this because exactly. then it's like you're talking over the person. Correct. Definitely. And it, it just becomes you talk, me talk, you talk, me talk. And from the perspective of the people in these chats, it becomes this thing of like I talk and then I sit sit there for 15 minutes listening to the other person talk. So it's hard to sort of get involved mm. and engaged. But, yeah, coming back to the thing like, for example, like if we got um, the Lantern Rouge guys on, we could definitely do something and I think – specifically talk about podcasts and how they built the podcast and we could definitely get some chat about that that going. Mm. Um, GC Performance, I'd love to get him on and maybe talk about the bikes that he's seen come into the shop. Which ones does he really rate? Like talk mm. us through what value you're seeing. I mean, I think he's got some interesting stuff that he can add to it. Um, but ultimately, mate, I do think it's going to change the dynamic when we have those people on. Mm. From from this, yeah. Is that a show episode though? That's kind of like the thing when you get a guest on it. At the moment, we're kind of like, okay, let's get a guest and let's try and do the show with the guest's input. I feel like it just doesn't really work because the whole point of the show is it's it's bantery and it's quite short. Whereas it seems a waste to get a guest on and then not sort of go down their alley. But then it's not really a show episode, is it? That's just more of a you know, it's, it's an interview like a tangent. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a really really good point and something that I'm looking at right now, like. In terms of this channel, right? Do I change the name of the channel? Do we change the name of this channel to the Neuro Show or Neurocycling? Because you know, it's it's that's what obviously the direction will be. And then let's say we do okay. For example, let's say we change it to the Neurocycling or something like that. Then potentially this is the Neuro Show. People know, right? Okay, the Neuro Show is is Chris and Jesse doing their usual thing. And then maybe there's Neuro Show interviews on neuro show featuring and then you have mm. the opportunity to have the guest and people then know that that's a separate piece of content it's like i put that video up after the vegan show of the clip of him talking about his veganism because i kind of felt like that chat got buried deep in the in the, the interview quote unquote and it got lost so i thought oh maybe we pop that out and put that in a, its own standalone thing maybe that's easier to do if the channel is a bit easier for people to kind of navigate because mm. there's different types of types of things. So, yeah, Definitely. I don't know. Yeah. Or we could call ourselves Nero Cycling Network. That could that could work. NCN. NCN. Yeah. Yeah. We can go Definitely that. go. Well, let H, the HR department, we'll inform them and we'll have to let finance know and um, management upstairs. Terry, just dial this down. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Upstairs, yep. Got that under control. And actually, yeah, I'll, I'll get another. Thanks. <laughs> yep. All right. Um yeah. But that vegan clip, for example, just to, on that one, that was actually because, like, when you cut that down for the show to make it sh- show show worthy, it, it lost the context of it and it lost the actual information that people were re- – if people were really into that and they left this in the comments, like, that was crap, that vegan segment. So you re-uploaded it with more of the sentences left in. But then we can't do that for every topic because the show would be two hours long. So yeah, this is just, yeah. When these we just, I think we were just figuring out the whole guest situation for the show or for the channel and how that's gonna gonna work. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, let us know down below, guys. Really, inter- really, really interested in your thoughts on this. Like in terms of the channel name, uh, splitting all these things up, how it sort of plays out for you. Um, love to hear your advice.
All right, thanks so much for watching, guys. If you are listening on a podcast player, do make sure to leave us a review. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to bump that like button and hit the subscribe. We will see you next week. See ya. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.